Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Iron Society podcast. I'm your host, one of them, Cody Chapman, along here with Nick Milligan, as always. Nick Milligan, as always. One day, we've talked to Mikey D. I talked to Mikey D the other day, actually. I said, hey, we got to get you on a podcast again. He's like, maybe this time I'll say something other than I don't know. <laughs> Have we evaluated whether that's wise or not? I mean, I love the man. We'll, we'll, we'll coach him up maybe, huh? Yeah. Or getting Gordon on here. Would Gordon be, would be great. Gordon would be great. Mikey D, I, I, I take back. I think he was just a little nervous. I think he was totally nervous. Yeah. Because he's not dumb. Yeah. He, he can speak. Yes, he can. And the amount he has grown as a man and a leader since yeah. then, I mean. It would is, be great to it'd be, explore. It'd be so cool. So, um, by the way. Um, it's getting cold outside a little bit. It's getting cold. A little bit. Um, I, I think, I mean, as soon as you get under 30, I just think I'm, I just call that cold. Like above, yeah. above 30, like I, I've lived in the Northwest long enough. Both of us have but like thirties. It's like, ah, it's chilly, you know, whatever. Sure. In the twenties and the high teens, especially here in Montana, you can get by with a sweatshirt. Yes. Right. As soon as it gets into singles for extended periods of time or even negatives, that's where I'm like, okay, that's like, that's, that's really cold. Yes. Um, See, when you get acclimated to, you know, it dips down to like sub, yeah, sub zero, especially if we're talking like 30, like it did last year for a couple of days, then all of a sudden everything north of that, especially if it's in, you know, zero and above, (laughs) then you're like, oh, no big deal. Yeah. No factor. Okay. I remember when we moved to Idaho, it was the day after we moved. We moved a couple days after Christmas, a couple years ago. And unpacked our stuff and it's like I'm getting right into my routine right in the morning going to the gym I get in my car and I look at the temperature gauge and it said zero Mm -hmm. and I had never as long as I had lived in Washington I had never seen zero and I'm like there are no units of heat out here right now (laughs) like no (laughs) units of heat not even one you know Um, however though getting used to that kind of like dry cold was Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. cool because that was different than everything we experienced in Washington. But, and I only bring that up because it's getting chilly in a lot of places right now. Sure. Um, except I was texting my buddy the other day who lives in Tennessee and he's like, yeah, it's like 72. I'm like, get out of here, dude. Yep. Shut up. Yep. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, we got our first snow and it's been in the twenties and yep. we'll be making the trek down to Arizona at some point here after the, after the new year. Oh, Get for a little, sure. s- little sun and warmth. Yeah. That'd be nice. Respite. I've only been to Arizona once, and that was to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim in a day. Not a bad reason to be in Arizona. Yeah, and it was quite the experience. Uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a trek. I wonder. If, I'm going to tell a story about that real Uh-oh. quick. Oh, so i i have I have a lot of poop stories. Oh God. Okay. Go. This is dude. This is a podcast for guys. Okay, we can spend the first couple minutes talking about a poop story because this one's fun. This one's actually a poop and a pee story. So if you want, hit your fast forward button that goes like 30 seconds i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's gonna take five minutes so no don't don't fast forward (laughs) listen to this story this is great 
So we we wake up the morning that we're starting the the rim to rim hike, right? And in the morning, I have a very particular um, system of events that happen, right? I wake up, I drink my coffee, I read my Bible. About 15 minutes after I'm done reading my Bible, when the coffee really hits, what do 99% of humans do? We go visit our, visit our favorite throne. Right? We go drop the kids off. At okay? the pool. So this particular morning when we're getting ready to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim, it was wake up, eat your breakfast, drink your coffee, and you start that hike because it takes a long time. Right? It's 20, almost 27 miles. And the Grand Canyon is not a, um, the easiest hike of all. So we start cruising, start heading down and we get kind of in the lower section and all of a sudden, and this is about an hour and a half in, right? And I'm like, dude, I got to poop. And at the same time, I'm like, I really got to pee, but we're like making good time. You know, we're cruising and whatever. I'm like, man, I, and it was like both. I'm like, I literally have to pee really bad and I have to poop really bad. So it got to the point where I'm like, Hey y'all, like I, I cannot keep going. I have to go take care of this, but there was nowhere around to go take care of business. And so it was literally like, dude, hike off one of the trails and go find something, you know? So I hike off, find a spot and I try to pee and nothing is coming out. Hmm. Nothing. And knowing what I know about physiology, I'm like, you know what? I bet you the other pipe over here is so full and ready to, you know, do its thing that it's essentially cinching off my ability to pee. Oh, interesting. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I just got to poop. So I find a spot, squat down, start to poop. As soon as that pipe starts to get released, it releases the other one. And I, then I start pissing all over myself. Um, <laughs> I literally pee all over my shorts. So I'm pooping, which is a, g- a great relief, you sure, know, sure. but then all of a sudden I'm pissing all over my, my shorts and I'm like, wow, I feel like a geriatric patient right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so take care of business, dig a hole, bury it, carry on and show back up to the people I was hiking with, with happened to be my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. Oh, like, good. Like, dude, what? Why is your why are your pants all wet? And I'm like creek back there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. We got a hike to go. Let's go. You know. So, um, oddly enough, I have multiple other really, really. I mean, some people would call them embarrassing stories about pooping and peeing events yeah, that yeah. have happened. You don't in, seem too bothered by it. No, not at all. Uh, that have all happened in my adult life. <laughs> um, it's not like. I mean, the first one that ever happened was when I was 21. I just had one a couple months ago when I was running that 14 miler. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think they're, they're adventures, dude. You know, the stuff's got to happen. And um, I just think it makes for fun stories. I make people laugh, you know? Yeah. Anyways, we're not here to talk about pooping and peeing, though, in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about the power of your words. Um, this is, I, it's something we talk a lot about in the Iron Society. I, I, I mean, it's something that my wife and I have been obsessed about over the years we've been married. And to be honest with you, I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Like, just truly does not get talked about enough. And partially the reason that it's sad that it doesn't get talked about more is words are a currency that we're just always flipping. We're, we're just tossing them out all the time. All oh, the time we, we're talking about We have words. an unlimited amount. There is no value to them to, yeah. for most people, right? Yeah. And um, 
the the thing that we have to understand about our words is that, and this is really the first thing we need to understand, is our words have incredible creative power. Hmm. Um, and this is why it's so important to harness them. And like in like in, literally in the very beginning of scripture, right? In the beginning, God created. Yeah. Okay. How did he create? Did he use a hammer and chisel? Did he use, you know, his hands to create? No. No, sir. It literally says, and God said, right? He spoke. Yeah. His creative power came from his words. And that, I mean, that's, that is the first place in scripture where we start to see the power of words. And one of the things I've always asked myself and, you know, I've seen as a result in other people's lives is what are we creating with our words, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like what are we creating in our marriage, in our life, in our church, in our kids, everything? What are we creating with our words? Do you feel like we have the ability, as you just described with God, creating physically, literally? Or is it more of a, when you speak, let's say you're speaking positive, uh-huh. Does it just, is there just a, I don't even know the, what the right word is. Is there, is there a rhyme or reason why, why that seems to work and things tend to go more positive? Mm-hmm. Is it because you have this, this mindset of positivity that mm-hmm. you are just kind of basking in? Is that mm-hmm. more what it is? Or do you feel like there is an actual literal speaking things into existence? Yep. So as I, a man, as, yep. as a human. So before I answer that, I want to preface my answer with this. Okay. Um, the, what I'm about to say can be taken to a very far extreme and we see it in, um, universalists and people like that, mm-hmm. that are all about like their vision boards and, and they call it manifestation. Okay. Right. There are people that use this principle for that, right? Because here's what we have to understand. And I love the way Mark Driscoll puts it is he says, Everything God creates, Satan counterfeits. True. Right? And I believe that, yes, we do have literal creative power with our words. We That can happen. Mm-hmm. I have literally seen people over and over and over again say things like, I'm depressed or I, I, I'm, I'm so worried that this ailment is going to come upon me. And then you see three, four, five, six years down the road, they literally spoke it into reality. Mm. Right? There was nothing at the current stage they were in. There was literally nothing that would indicate this. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, somebody that's 28 years old gets brain cancer out mm. of nowhere because they just said it over and over again. That it was something they were worried about. Mm. It's like with no predisposition to it, no family history, nothing. Wow. Right. Um, that kind of stuff. You just can't, you can't look at that and be like, it's oh, too, that's too coincidental. It, yeah. You can't call it yeah. coincidence yeah. or serendipitous. Right. Mm-hmm. It just, there's, there's power in that. Mm. And the reason I preface it with that is because, again, anything God creates, Satan counterfeits, right? And so people can use, it's, it's, a, it's a principle that God laid out from the very foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. You can use it for prideful, selfish, demonic even reasons, True. right? Um, it's the same thing with identity. We talk about identity so much and how it's sh- it can shape and form outcomes, right? And that's why we believe men need to create their identity. But what God creates, Satan counterfeits. Yeah. We see people identifying as a male or a female, even though they're a biological of the opposite. But then you see the outplay of that. And it's like, all of a sudden they start looking more like the other 
gender, right? And all of this. And it's like, that's how powerful identity is. Sure. Like you can, you can start to shape shift, right? Yeah. They're, tr they're twisting the truth. hundred percent. Ultimately. Right. But they're still using a, they're still using a like principle that God put into motion. Yes. Right. And, but they're just using it for sinful, demonic, selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. So yes, I do believe that, um, our words can literally create, Right. And, and we see that in James, like in the book of James, it talks about, um, the tongue sets on fire, the course of nature, mm. right. Um, in Proverbs, a very often quoted verse, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. Um, and, and so I, I do believe you can create literally with your words, like your words are something you can shape and craft with. Now, the other piece of that, that you were alluding to, I also believe that's a big portion of it because right? Like our identity forms our beliefs, our beliefs, our thoughts, our thoughts, actions, actions, habits, and so on. Right. And the Bible says that faith comes by what? We're going to get back to the rest of this episode in just a moment. But first I had a question for you. Have you taken the 28 day on purpose husband challenge? The 28 day on purpose husband challenge is a challenge and devotional that I wrote six years ago for men. And thousands of men have now gone through the 28-day on-purpose husband challenge and have absolutely transformed their marriage. Every day comes with a devotional written specifically for you as a man to deepen your relationship with God and a challenge that you can do every single day to make your marriage even better. To go get your hands on a copy, head on over to ironsociety.co slash store and grab your book today. Now let's go ahead and jump into the rest of this episode. Hearing. Hearing. Hearing what? Words. words. Words, right? Faith comes by hearing. And so there is also, I believe, a psychological component to the power of your words, where if you hear something enough, you start to increase in faith in whatever you're saying. And then if you have that belief, it starts to inform your thoughts, habits, actions, and so forth. So you naturally will cause outcomes to happen because you hear something all the time. And that's why I like, especially with our kids and our marriage, right? Even just how we talk about our wives, right? I've heard so many men be like, gosh, yeah, my wife's just always angry. I'm like, oof, oh God. Right. And and this is one of the other things that I like to say is like, be very careful using your words as you describe things, mm. because even it could, because it's very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innocent, right? It's very sure. innocent. No one has a malicious heart when they're trying to describe something about their spouse or their kids, right? But that's always been something that Steph and I have been very, very careful of with our marriage and our kids even because our kids do things or act a certain way that other people, other people, and we, we've seen it in friends, like our friends would diagnose their own children with this, that, or the other thing. Sure. Right. And we, ju we just choose not to even say it. And we might see things that might be that, but we'll choose to be like, yeah, you know what? Um, they just have the ability to focus on multiple things at one time instead of saying, yeah, I think my kid might have like ADD or ADHD. It's no, I, I, they've been gifted with the ability to process and look at multiple angles of multiple things at one time. Sure. Right. And, and, and for us, that's speaking life into something, right. Um, 
because I do, I, I believe you can literally create with it and, and there's just no way around it. Even going back to what you said about my wife is always angry. Mm -hmm. I think probably most people picked up on, Ooh, it was bad to say angry. Mm -hmm. I often think about when we use absolutes. Oh, hundred percent. Right. The word always, that's a pretty strong word that is often overlooked. Yep. Right. Is your wife really always angry? Yeah. And she might become always angry if you keep telling her that she's always angry. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and here's the, and here's the other part about this. And this has to go more along with the psychological piece. There is a part and science. I mean, it, it, this isn't even, you don't even have to like get all biblical about this. This Mm -hmm. is literal proven science. Mm -hmm. Neuroscientists know this. This is a proven piece of your brain. There is something called the reticular activating system in your brain. Big, long story short, it's essentially the gateway to your consciousness, right? You get to tell it whatever is important. Now, if you, for like, for example, with our wives or even wives with husbands, if you say my wife is always angry, what you're doing is you're training that part of your brain to find those things. Mm. Uh, and so as you say that you not only build faith in it in yourself, but you're training your brain to always find the moments when your spouse is angry. And so your words are reinforcing this thing that is going to cause you to only see these things. So even when your wife isn't angry, you won't even consciously catch it because you've trained yourself to only find when she's angry. Hmm. And so in, in that, in that essence, you are quite literally with your words, creating your own false reality because your wife is not always angry but you've created it with your words because you've created this perception. And this is why, I mean, some people might listen to this and be like, this is just really woo woo. It's I'm like, well, it's how your brain works. It's how God designed it. Yeah. And it's with this principle of how powerful our words are. Yeah. And when those things collide together, this is why some of the more woo woo people that are the universalists and the manifest, the manifestors and all of this, they're like, you can create your own reality. And it's like, well, actually it's not, you're not too far off from the truth. You really can. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't believe everything else that they surround that stuff with, but it's, it is very true. It's, it, it's a powerful principle that yeah. most people don't harness. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of want to bring that off right off the bat, because I think some people kind of tend to find themselves on one side or the other of yeah. it. And because it, it can be really black and white, but I think there's a little bit of common ground there. Yes. In and, a sense, right. And, and this is, I believe what a lot of churches, denominations, and then people that are very zealous for those certain, uh, denominations or factions. What happens is, is one side sees something that the other side does Mm -hmm. and maybe abusing something. Mm -hmm. And so they take all of it, they wrap it up in a bow and throw the entire thing out. Right. It's like, I'm guilty of that. It's like what cessationists do with continuationists, right? Yeah. They see the, they see the, the Bethels and, you know, the, the Pentecostal churches that are really not doing things in a biblical way of being decent and in order. And they just wrap everything in the spirit up. say that's all weird. Throw it out the window. Doesn't exist anymore. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And, and, and everyone does it with certain things. They just wrap it in a bow because it's just easier to do that and compartmentalize it and throw it all out and say, this entire topic is just off limits and it's wrong. Yeah. And I think when we do that as believers and as men, 
what we do is we end up chopping off pieces of the power of God and principles that God laid out. And one, we don't harness them for our good. Mm -hmm. And two, we ignore its real, its actual power. Yeah. And then it starts working against us. Yeah. Because if somebody says, Hey, I don't actually believe you can create with the power of your words. It's like, well, the fact that you say you don't believe it doesn't make it not true. Yep. And then what you do is you start flippantly using words all the time. And then the, the months and years that go by, you start reaping the fruit of your words and you just think it's bad luck, circumstance and storm. Right. But, and that verse in Proverbs literally says life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Mm. Like you're, go you're going to consume the fruit of your words, whether you like it or not. And whether you want to ignore the power of it or not. And so that's where I, for me, I'm just like, I, I'm just going to plant what I want with, with my words. Sure. You know, and it doesn't mean other stuff doesn't happen. I, that'd be ridiculous not to think that, you know, but yeah, we still live in a fallen sinful world. Absolutely. It doesn't mean everything is going to go according to plan. Absolutely. But you set yourself on a trajectory that allows you to have this thing in mind that, you know, God is a good and loving father first and foremost. So if that's true, you should be able to have this good thing in your life, right? Yeah. If, if it's a good and godly thing, then why not? Yep. Right. And if you've got to make some course adjustments to get there, what have you, your, your attention and your focus is still there. You're, you're speaking that into a real reality. To me, it comes down to choice. hundred percent. Like we all have a choice. Yep. Every time we wake up, we've got a choice to how we're going to encounter the day, how yep. we're going to greet those around us, how we're going to function in it. Right. And, and we have like on our call last night, you know, we've got, you know, we should have different standards in our lives that we were, or aspiring to. Yeah. Right. And, and through this thing we call life doing life, we have choices to make along the way and our choices should be influenced by the standards that we've set and the protocols that state how we're going to do those things, yep. how we're going to achieve those standards, right? Yep. How we're going to hold the line for what we believe our values. And, you know, again, it just so much comes down to choice for me. Yeah. Um, and to kind of give an example, I, I liken it to a toolbox, mm -hmm. right? And you have a variety of tools in the toolbox and at the end of the day, you need to choose the right tool for the specific job, right? Yep. And if you are going out and doing an electrical job with a plumbing tool, it's probably not going to go great, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm getting here in a, in a roundabout way, but my, my, my ultimate, ultimate kind of point here is, is we have a choice to use that, that gift, that the power in our tongue, yep. you know, to speak life into a situation or what have you. And if we don't, we're, we're grabbing the wrong tool and going, yes. Oh, I'm going to do this anyways. I'm going to force this because you know, what have you, you know, yep. or, or uh, maybe that analogy wasn't all that in my head was thought I wasn't explaining it as well as I, I should be, but it just, again, back to choice and, and utilizing the right tool. And if we're always, you know, cause I, I'm, I know I was guilty of this. I, I definitely was one of those guys that saw all the weirdness of mm -hmm. this, you know, speaking things into existence and, yeah what have you, just from my background, um, being brought up, you know, I was like, mm, this yeah. isn't working. I don't see this actually working the yeah. way you think it is. Yep. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, someone, Oh, I, I I'm not sick. 
Yeah. You're like have 103 temperature yeah. and yeah. you're hacking up a No, nah, bro. You're sick. You're sick. sick. Take some medicine. Do the things that you need yep. to do to get better. Don't just continue on and infect the rest of us while you're at it, by yep. the way. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and so don't give me your not sickness. <laughs> right. And so I always struggle with the person who had that while, while their will might've been there and their yep. intention might've been good. I always struggle with this whole, like speaking things into existence type, yep. th- you know, mindset. And so, but again, I think it's, dialing back a little bit, maybe not using the blowtorch where you just need to light the candle. Yep. You know what I mean? Maybe that's yep. a better analogy for the whole tool thing, like choosing the right tool, you know, okay, yeah, I'm sick, but I'm going to believe, you know, for that I'm going to be, I'm going to heal quickly. And yep. Hey, and if I need a miracle, cause I've got some, you know, yep. horrible disease or whatever, or, you know, I, I can pray and believe in that because you know what, my God, uh, you know, he's Bible says Jesus is our great physician, right? Yep. Like we, I believe in miracles and I believe he's still active and performing them. And the Holy Spirit's alive and well in me. Yep. You know what? I can pray for that and believe in that at the end of the day, I'm going to be healed, whether it's here on earth or yep. once I'm in heaven. So yep. to be able to have that type of faith and, and solidify helps me uh, to then start to really be able to utilize some of that I don't even want to call it positive thinking or positive yeah. self-talk or, or speaking, you know, I, I'm not sure the right phrase. To it's even just label using it. the power of our words. It's exactly what it is. Just <laughs> like, call it what it is. Right. Keep because, it because, and that's the thing is like you do, you, your words have power. And if you yeah. can use words, therefore you possess this ability to powerfully use words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where it's just, for me, it's, whether you want to believe you have the power of your words or not, it, it's, it's irrelevant. irrelevant. Yep. Um, your words do have power. Yep. That is just, that is like foundation. Like you can't argue it. Um, well, even in a more like realistic way, you know, like take a, take a great book, right? Yeah. A great book should, especially if it's a, a nonfiction, right? Like yeah. it should be able to just transform you into a, you know, Narnia, for instance, right? Like uh-huh. you see yourself in the wardrobe and then passing into the forest and like it, it takes you there, right? It's mm-hmm. because of the power that's in those words that allows your mind to interact with what's being read off the page and allow that, that vision in your head to appear, right? Like that in itself is powerful, Yep, you know, to be able to convey complex, uh, structures and meanings and, and, uh, different situations and what have you through words, be able to describe something. And, and, you know, I, I, I described this beautiful truck I saw, right. And all the yeah uh, accessories and the lift and this and that you could, you could literally picture yep. said truck, right yep. there. Technically that's powerful. I was, I was literally about to say, like, as you're saying that right now, that just goes to prove the power of your words. Like, think about it, right. We always, some people will joke about like, mind control, right? I wish I could control people's minds. You can, because if I right you now say, Hey, in your words, yeah. if I just say right now, like, dude, I saw this big yellow elephant with a huge, like Snoop Dogg gold chain, <laughs> right? I see it. Yes. You see it. I controlled your you mind just, with yep. my words. Yep. Right. And, and, and so, and I don't want to go into all the depths of like, even from there where we can start to extrapolate things. Like mm-hmm. once you see something in your mind, right. And you actually hold a picture of it in your head as a vision. Yeah. Right. And then what the Bible starts to say about vision and all sure. of these things, um, like it, our words are either 
a hammer to break things or they are the bricks to build things. And at the end of the day, as men, we have to take a step back and just stop. If, if anybody listening to this still wants to argue whether our words have power or not and whether we possess that power to use our words powerfully, like just turn the podcast off or unsubscribe or like, cause it, it, it's not an argument. It's not an argument. It's, it's a decided thing. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but as the man of God, we have to figure out and decide what will one take ownership and accountability and responsibility for the words that leave our mouth. Like we have to take ownership of those things yeah. because I know even for myself, like there are things I say every single day that should not come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I have to take responsibility and accountability for that. And so when it comes to talking about your marriage, talking about yourself, talking about your kids, talking about your finances, talking about your future, talking about your church, anything, are you using them as bricks or hammers? Yeah. Are you building or are you breaking down something? Because those are really the two things, right? You talk about life and death, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Life and death, building and breaking. Like that's what our words do. So that is a question every man needs to ask himself is what am I building with my words or how am I tearing down with my words? Because both outcomes are very real in every area of our life. You just can't get around it. So in a practical sense, say a guy has, you know, grown up, you know, his dad was in construction or what have you. He's, he's constantly the griper for Mm -hmm. instance, right? Just there's always something wrong. Yep. Never, never pleased. There's, you know, no matter what's going on, he's got something to complain about. Yep. So in a practical sense if that man is open to recognizing, okay, I need to change this about me. Mm -hmm. What, what is the practical steps for him to begin to go down that road to, to, to kind of fix his focus, if you will. So the two steps I've always used, there are two D's distance and deviation. Okay. So first of all, if you recognize a particular way of living in your life that has been influenced by others around you, Mm -hmm. the first and best thing you can do is create distance from that environment or those people. Now, when it comes to family, like, you know, close family, all of those things, um, that's a hard process to do. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard process. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through it with a lot of self-awareness, grace, and um, just wherewithal to not be a big butthole to people, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, you have to understand, like, you're doing this for your own good. Makes me think of the old adage, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Perhaps. Exactly. Right. Just keep your mouth shut maybe. And at the same time, it's like, you can just create distance from those kinds of people, but you have to create distance from that environment. And then you have to deviate from the path you've been on. Right. Okay. So if you've been on the path of I'm, I, I've noticed that I complain and gripe because the people around me complain and gripe so much. Right. Then you create the distance, which as soon as you create distance, there's less influence on you. And then what you can start to do is be very intentional with your deviation. So, and, and that is the other hard part when someone is so used to a particular way of speaking or living or interacting with people in whatever context, it becomes your standard, right? It becomes the accepted norm Mm -hmm. of what you've done in your life. Mm -hmm. You have to create a new standard and new protocols for walking that standard out. Um, and that's where, I mean, as silly as it would be, um, 
ask yourself what situations you're always complaining about and sit there and think for a second, right? Like I, and we should do a whole podcast on the lost art of thinking because most people just don't take time to actually reflect and think about this stuff. Think the next time this comes up, how, what words could I use that aren't like the, you're sick, but you're saying you're not sick. Mm -hmm. Right. But what could you do to use your words to point things in a different direction? One, one that one, a mentor of mine called me out on when I was like 22, he always heard me saying, um, I'm not good at this. Mm. Hey, one last thing before we finish this episode, how would your life change if you had a band of brothers around you at all times that can encourage you? that could challenge you, that would pray for you, and they would call you to being all that God has created you to be. My guess is your life would be different in every single way. You as a man would be better. Your marriage would be better. Your relationship with your kids would be better. And you would finally start to win and thrive as the man of God that you are. So if that sounds like something you would want to do, I want to offer you a free two-week trial inside the Iron Society Brotherhood. Go ahead and head on over to ironsociety.co slash free trial and you can get in the Brotherhood for two weeks to see how it can absolutely change your life. Uh, I struggle with this. Um, I'm, not, I'm not the best at this, right? And he, I remember he pulled me aside, Tim Wimberly. God, I love that man. Pulls me aside. So he, go, he literally, you know, Tim, right? Don't mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. pulled me aside and he's, this guy's one of my spiritual fathers lived with him. Like I love this man to death. Pulled me aside and he goes, Hey Bubba, I just want you to know when you say that you're creating more of it in your life. Mm. And so instead of creating more of it in your life, how could you say it different? And, and he, he just kept looking me in the face and just waited for my response. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I do. I suck at this though. He's like, don't do it. Don't do that, bud. He's like, what could you say? And then he taught me this way of saying, whenever you're describing something that you're not good at, right? Like there's just, you can't get around the fact you're currently, you don't have a skill set in something or you struggle with something, yeah. right? He's like, how about you say, I'm still growing in this. Mm. I'm still getting better at this. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning how to grow in this. Mm-hmm. It's communicating, it's, 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 you're communicating almost the same thing, but the words you're choosing are words of life and building instead of breaking yourself down. Right. But you're not saying you're great at it. Right. Right. You're not saying you're not sick when you're sick. You're saying, ah, you know what? I'm still growing a lot here. I still got a lot of room to grow here. Right. You're using words of life and not words of death to describe a very, very similar thing. And so that would be the thing that I would tell that person to think about is, um, whenever you're describing anything, figure out a way to say it in a life-giving way instead of a death breeding way. And, and that requires you to literally sit there and think ahead of time. Like how could I use my words differently? I like that because it's predetermined hundred percent. Right? It, it goes back to what we talk about with protocols. Yep. And so you, you've already thought through, you've taken the time, the initiative to think for you've recognized the situation that you've got to change. Yeah okay, what am I going to do to change it? And mm-hmm. you think and ponder and figure that out, write that down if you got to, right? To help you, to help it stick. Yep. Reflect on it if you need to. That way when the situation does arise, you 
automatically it's, you know, I have a hard time remembering people's names. Right. And so yeah. I'll associate it with something or I'll even write it down, yep. you know, that way when I going to show up at this place, you know, I stopped somewhere on the way here and had a great conversation, conversation with a guy that was able to give me some insight and some, something I didn't know a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. And I wrote his name down cause yeah. I didn't grab a card from him like I should have, but I wrote his name <laughs> down that way. When I go back to talk to him, I can go, Hey, Eddie, Yep. Can you tell me more about this? Or, you know, hey, I think I've made a decision on this. You know, what do you think? You know, yeah. get his insight. But I, I point that out just to say to be intentional about it. So you have that prepared statement to fall back on, right? To, yep. to execute. You know, we, we talk about setting ourselves up to succeed. Well, that's one of the ways that you do it. You have the protocol that you go, oh, this happened. So I'm going to respond with this. Mm -hmm. That way it's not, you're not falling back to what you're used to because yep. I know, you know, whether it's, it's speaking negative about something when yep. something happens or whatever, it's so easy for me to go, gosh, dang it. Here yep. we go again. Yep. You know, instead of going, okay, Hey, new challenge. Yep. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. Yep. You know? and, and this is the beautiful thing about this is when you start to do this, if you can start to have this type of conversation with the other people that are around you, and I mean specifically the men around you, right? Like even us, right? Having this conversation, what happens is, is if you hear me say something, you could just literally very, very gently be like, is there a different way you could say that? Sure. Right. Is there, is there another way you could phrase that? That is more life-giving, you know? Yeah. Um, because then what you do is you start to create a culture and a community around you that self polices itself in the power of their words. Yeah. Because it's so easy to, <laughs> the same thing can happen in the opposite, right? Yeah. You get around people that just want to moan and complain about everything. And it just turns into a big, like death speaking session. Yeah. Right. Which, which unfortunately is even easier than being intentional about changing it. Oh, 1000% growing it, right? It's 1, just stay there, stay comfortable, stay what you're used to, yep. you know, there's no, there's no challenge in that whatsoever. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and like Steph and I did this with Uriah, our second to youngest. I mean, the kid would not sleep through the night for like 18 months, mm. always woke up crying and yelling in the morning. Just, I mean, and I was like, is this blood sugar issues? What's going on? Mm. You know? And it got to the point where. I remember sitting in bed one night and I'm like, babe, we have to start speaking life over Uriah. Mm. And like, we have to create something else in him because we have not been using, we've been using our words to describe him mm -hmm. instead of create him. Mm. And so I remember, I remember when it happened, we, we were living in Idaho when it happened. And every time I would go pick up Uriah, I'd be like, Oh, you're just my happy boy. Aren't you? You're just, you always wake up happy. Don't you? And he's a baby. He doesn't know what I'm saying to him. Yeah. Right? He, he, and this is how powerful our words are. He, he, he cannot comprehend what I'm saying. He's not, he does not speak English at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Every time we would put him down, you're going to get the best sleep ever. You're going to sleep through the night tonight, you know? And did he start sleeping through the night right away? No, but it was a few weeks later that it was, it was crazy. And Steph and I didn't even recognize it at first. Hmm. He woke up and just walked downstairs, just kind of all happy. And we're like, oh, that's weird. And then we started realizing, like, he started sleeping through the night. And and we started to realize, like, and some people would be like, well, he just hit that developmental stage. And these two things happen to coincide. Maybe, maybe. And if you want to chalk it up to that, cool, whatever. Yeah. But I can't deny the fact that we had this specific conversation 
about changing our words and speaking life into him. And then in a matter of days, we start to see this shift in how he was actually showing up and how he was living. I think that's beautiful because it actually points out another aspect of things. You know, you talked about, um, forgive me, diverging and uh, distancing. Yes. So what about getting around other people that are speaking life into you, right? Like yep. Uriah, he didn't do anything to fix his cranky mood, mm -hmm. but his parents did, Yep. right? He was around someone who recognizes the power of, the, of, their, of their tongue, of their words, and yet he still saw the benefit of it. Yep. I mean, how important is it for us to get around other believers who are speaking life into us instead of us always being around the friends or so-called friends that are always so negative and, yep. and just pulling us down, yep. right? Or, or even the, the content that we're taking in every day, social media, the news, the radio, what have you, if it's always only negative, only always again about what we're against or what's against us mm -hmm. instead of what we're for and what you know is for us, how much effect does that have on us? Yep. You know, it's all words we're, we're listening to. Yep. It's one of, as weird as it is, and I mean, I might lose followers for saying this, we might, I, whatever, right? It's one of the reasons why I follow a, a, a select handful of people that are very much into the woo woo universal stuff hmm. because everything they post is about like this manifestation and the power of your words and creation and all of this. And what it does for me, because I'm grounded in scripture mm -hmm. is it reminds me of God's principles, right? I don't adopt how they do things. I don't adopt everything they think about, yeah. but they just, they, it's sad that they remind me about the power of my words more than believers do. Not the church, it yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. It's frustrating that I can't listen to other pastors talk about it and other preachers talk about this yeah. regularly all the time because it's that important, but it's these other people that are using it for incredibly selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. They're the ones to remind me of it, mm -hmm. right? And I will say the reason I know I can do that, I'm doing this with incredible self-awareness mm -hmm. because I'm grounded in scripture. Yeah, your right? worldview is determined. My worldview is Period. very, very set. And yeah. so I do that because of the direction it points my mind, not because I'm like, oh, I wonder if uh, if I can start to dabble in this over here, right. if it'll create this, you know? Yeah. But like you said about friends too, one of the things that like, I just can't stand it when People like whenever our kids turn a certain age, oh, they're entering the terrible twos. And I'm like, what? Why would you say that? Just because like, that's what culture right? has always said. And they just, they, they just flick it out there. Like it's like, you know, whatever. And, and Steph and I forever, we've always called it the terrific twos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I believe my mom actually did that when they, my <laughs> younger brothers turned two. Yeah. She actually called it the terrific twos. And she had a lot of positive talk yeah. about her. And, and, I don't know if it's just the relationship with her and I at the time or what have you. I, that's part of why I kind of pushed back on it for quite a while. Probably. Yeah. I didn't, I, I just was like, what, what are you talking? Like you're crazy. Yeah. Like, and yet I looking back, I'm like, Oh, mom didn't know a thing or two in this arena. Yeah. All right. Okay. And it doesn't mean that our kid is perfect when they're two. No. It doesn't mean they don't have tantrums and all of that. I always jokingly said that, you think terrible, you know, twos are terrible. Wait till they're three. Because, you know? <laughs> like, which was my way of just be like, whatever, dude, they're a kid. Yeah. Like they haven't got it figured out and they're trying to, you know, they're struggling through life. They don't even know how to fully articulate their thoughts and yep. things yet. So yeah, they're going to cry. Yeah. They're going to be whiny. They like, don't know how to communicate. Yeah. Help, yep. It's your job to shepherd them and help their hearts, you know, yep. develop and their minds developed in the way that, you know, would be appropriate to, you know, engage with 
at, you know, as they become older, yep. you know, humans and yep. yeah. Well, even we were at a birthday the other day and Caleb is kind of riding stuff around, grabbing balloons and, you know, just Caleb's hold one. He just turned one check. And, uh, and somebody there who will remain nameless and remain positionless, um, literally said, Oh man, Caleb's going to grow up to be the crazy one in your family. Oh wow. Because he was just, he was playing with balloons and running around and all this. And I look and I didn't see anything because I'm at a birthday party. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to go here right now. Right. But I'm like, why would you say that? Like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like it's a little kid, you know, having fun, you know, and he's not doing anything out of the ordinary, but to say that I'm like, like it's that easy to flick things out there like that. I was like to that. say how it's so flippant, right? They, yes. they don't really truly mean anything by it. Yes. However, I mean, look up the definition of crazy. Yeah. Is that really what you want your yep. want to be spoken over your child? And that's why I said earlier in the podcast, words matter. Oftentimes it is done in the most innocent way. Yeah. This person, I kn- I know this person very well. They would never do anything to harm our children or intentionally do something to set them off course. And that is how absolutely sneaky this stuff can be is this person literally would never do anything to harm or cause our kids to go off course. But something like that could just come out of their mouth so easy. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons why I love when my wife talks to other kids that are our friends, kids that are little girls. She always, it is the same thing. And you can listen for it because you're around us so much. Listen to what she says. And she will always call them sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I've heard it. Hey, sweet girl. Yep. Always. She will never call them anything else. And she'll might say precious or, you know, whatever. Yeah. She always calls them sweet girl. Adding value. Adding value yeah. every single time. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's just, it's something, it's how we live. It's how we think, but we've had to cultivate it in our hearts and in our minds. And we're not perfect. Obviously nobody is. But this is just so freaking important as for men, as the leaders of our home, this is something that we can just flippantly say things all the time. Right. I went upstairs after I just created a new Facebook ad campaign. Yeah. Right. For something, for a product that we're releasing. First words out of my mouth when I go upstairs. Stuff's like, what'd you, what what were you doing? Oh, just, just started an ad campaign. That's going to make us millions of dollars. (laughs) <laughs> and I just said it with sure. like all the confidence in the world. Like, yeah. yeah, I just started something's going to make us millions of dollars. Yeah. Right. Is it going to make us millions of dollars? I don't know. But I'm like, you know, it's better than saying, oh, I just, I started an ad campaign that, you know, I really hope it works. Like, da, 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 yeah. you know, like it's just, there's two ways you can just get in the rhythm of, of using things like this, yeah. you know? Um, and like I said, is it going to make us millions? I, that'd be rad. It'd be awesome. I'll keep yeah. saying it. Um, how much better do you feel saying that than being worried about it working? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even the smile that came on even my face when you said it, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's like, wow, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like if that worked, how cool would that be? Cause yeah. I know the type of generous person you are and mm-hmm. God would get it to you. He'd get through you yeah. and give so much money away. Right. Like <laughs> it'd be amazing versus God, I hope it works. Yeah. Like now it's like, now you're literally doubting God in yep. a sense. Yep. Like if, if that's the phrase that you use, it's like, well, I'm not sure I really trust you, but yeah. And we'll see. And part of this goes back to my identity code, mm-hmm. right? What we talk about so much part of my identity codes code is I'm set apart and born to win. Yeah. 
So why wouldn't I think that when I create something like this, it's going to be successful? Yeah. Because I'm set apart and born to win. I have established my identity that I am a son of God, right? Born with a purpose that cannot be taken from me. And yes, I'm set apart and born to win. So everything I do, I just naturally expect that it's going to win, right? Even at uh, an event our church put on the other night, a couple weeks ago, it was a big, it was a big community event, right? They're raffling off all kinds of stuff. What was I saying about that one gun? What did I say nonstop? <laughs> that was going to be yours. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I just win this stuff all the time. I yep. do win this stuff all the time. Yep. Right. Did I win it that night? Nope. No, I did not win it, but I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to plant the seeds, right? I'm just, I, instead of saying, oh, I really hope I win this. It's to be so cool. I'm like, not, I, I, I win this crap all the time. I just do. I just win stuff like yeah. this, you know, cause I'm set apart and born to win. <laughs> and, and so somebody might look at me and be like, well, you didn't win it sucker. I'm like, and, and I, and somebody actually said that to me afterwards, like well, you didn't win. And I go, yeah, weird stuff happens. <laughs> like, and I look at it more as an anomaly that I didn't win yeah. than when, cause when people win stuff like that, they're like, Oh my gosh, this never happens to this me. This never happens yep. to me. And I'm yep. like, that's why and it never, never happens will to again. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they look at winning as an anomaly yeah. as opposed to when I look at something not working, I look at that as the anomaly yeah. because it's just so in my identity of like, no, I'm God's kid. My dad owns everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So yeah, I, I'm going to win at everything I do. Yeah. Right. Um, I wonder how much of the psychology it affects. Like when you go into something thinking positive and, and how, how much more energy do you have to go accomplish said task? Right? So versus this, the Eeyore. Yes. Method, you know? Well, Tony Robbins actually has a phenomenal talk on this. Because there is actually a lot of psychology that does go on because when you set your parameter at the very beginning of how you think something will go, mm -hmm. right? What it does is it reinforces belief and then we know that belief reinforces action or causes action. Okay. And then whatever the outcome of that action is, it will either cause a negative or a positive feedback loop to that initial belief, mm. right? So, and the example he used was really, really cool. He's like, let's say you're in door to door sales, right? And you need to go make five sales today. Okay. If you start with the belief of, I don't really know if I can do this. Sure. Right. Right there from that very, the very starting point, you've set a belief in action in your mind that you don't know if you'll be able to accomplish this today. Okay. So as soon as you go and knock on the door, you're probably going to knock on the door. Hey, you wouldn't happen to want to buy something today, would you? Yeah. Right. You're, you're not going to show up with the energy or the, the perspective. Right. Yeah. And then you're going to get the negative result from showing up that way. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then your results are going to be caused by that crappy showing up. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't get the results, what does it do? Does it reinforce positively or negatively the thought you had? Right. It right. positively reinforces the negative starting point. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So and as opposed to somebody else like me, dude, I'm going to go out. I'm going to, cr I'll crush five sales before noon today. Right. And it causes me to show up in a certain way yeah. with this energy, this vibrance, this just belief. Yeah. And then I'm going to show up different. It's going to cause a different outcome. And then when I make those five sales before noon, I'm like, see, I told you. And then it reinforces this thought in my head of, I totally have what it takes for this. Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. I, I fully believe that it does reinforce a certain psychology in a person mm -hmm. when they, when they, when they think this way and they live this way, it one thousand because faith comes by hearing, Yeah. right? When you hear things and you think things, it will reinforce whatever is initially in your head. Yeah. Um, and, and we see this in the iron society all the time. Sure. 
right? I see it a lot with how people request prayer in particular. Okay. Um, you know, in, because for example, there's guys that struggle with work, right? And instead of saying, for example, this might be a shift somebody could make, right? Because I know a lot of people ask for prayer for work because work can be difficult at yep. times, right? Instead of saying work really sucks right now. My boss is so hard to work with. This is terrible, right? You could say, Hey, could you guys pray for me? Um, man, I have a lot of opportunity at work right now to really grow in my capacity and my ability to be a leader in a culture, um, that is not, is not always the best, right? Yeah. You're saying the same, you're saying yeah. the same freaking thing, yep. right? Works hard right now. It's not good, but you're also owning your aspect of it. Yes. That's what I love about the statement you just made. Like yep. you're recognizing that it's on you to improve. Yep. Whether that's being more positive or growing in your capabilities somehow, there's yep. opportunity for you to improve. Yep. I mean, that's. That's always a good thing. Yeah. And, always a good thing. And this is what we talked. And part of this is pulling in what we talked about in one of the series we just went through in the iron society with our whole unbeatable mind series mm -hmm. in reframing mm -hmm. part of this whole using your words. If you learn how to reframe something and then as you reframe it, use words in from that perspective in that context, not only have you just created a mental shift, but that mental shift is going to cause a verbal shift that comes out of you. And you will most likely speak more life into that situation than you would death over it. But it, again, it starts in your mind because the, the word also says that it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So whatever kind of seeds you keep sowing into your heart and mind, the words will come out that will display whatever that is. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so it, all of this just, it, it, it spider webs together in such a way. It's a great and, way to put it. And this is where like somebody might disagree with one aspect of this, but when you start putting all of these spider web pieces together, mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, maybe the reason I don't believe in this one aspect is because I didn't see how seven other pieces all it all interplays together yeah. and creates these outcomes like this, yeah. right? How the psychology works, how the word works, how the, you know, how everything works in this. Um, and it can be super overwhelming to be like, how do I fix all this? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, first of all, it's not gonna happen overnight. Second, you got to get around people that will challenge all of this. Yeah. Right. And this is why when guys come into the iron society, it's one of the reasons why we see guys start to make these big shifts in their life because like I said the other day, like it's hard to get unstuck when you're surrounded with other stuck people. Yeah. Right? When it's not being modeled for you. Yep. It's, exactly. It's difficult to, oh, how's this work? Yeah. Or, or people to call you out. Right. And yeah. be like, Hey, you said this, uh, let's talk about that right there. Yeah. You know, people just aren't surrounded by that. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, the big, the big takeaway that I think every man needs to take away with is one, there is power in your words, whether or not you want to believe it mm -hmm. Two it affects outcomes mm -hmm. 1000%. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is a, you, you start to go down the path of the name it, claim it type of stuff. Goodness right. No. Um, but realize there are, there is a very real power in your words and you can choose to use that as a hammer that breaks things down or a bricks that build it. And either way, you're gonna be speaking life or death. Yep. And you need to take into account and responsibility for every area of your life where you use words to describe things yeah. because the words that you choose to do that, 
you're going to be building or breaking something mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it is on you because no one forces you to say a freaking thing. Yep. Every, and I love the, I love the word you said earlier about it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Like oftentimes we don't like to take responsibility to the degree of saying every word that comes out of my mouth is a choice, mm -hmm. but it really is because mm -hmm. no one's putting a gun to your head mm -hmm. saying, say these specific words, mm -hmm. right? So every word you say is a choice and you have to own it. Like you just, you have to own it. hundred percent. So like it. Oh man. 54 minutes in dude. Boom. Gosh, dang. It goes by quick. It does go by quick, especially this, this particular topic is just, I can get pretty fired up about it. Um, partially because like, I still don't feel like I'm totally doing it the yeah. way I want to, yeah. you know? So I can talk about this and I, then all these things start coming to my head about like, dude, you're still blowing it in this. You're still blowing it in this context, that context. How could context. you rephrase that, Cody? Huh? You're not still blowing it. You're. I'm still growing in it. There you go. I'm still growing in it, man. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> live. There you go. A live. Freak, that was that wasn't planned or anything. Uh, but but see how see yes. how easy it is. Well, and and I'm I may not have even ever thought to have said that if we wouldn't have just had the conversation. Yeah. We had, right. It's so easy just to slip back into our our normal quote unquote normal way of thinking and doing things. Yep. And yet if you're mindful, if you're intentional going back to having like that protocol, Hey, no, this is actually what I believe. This is mm -hmm. the values that I stand for. And this is how I'm going to achieve the standards that I'm setting. Yep. yep. Right. I can choose to have this pre determined mindset Yep. When, when trouble comes, when heartache comes, when difficulties come, when great things come, I'm going to a praise the Lord yep. regardless of my situation Yep. and B be thankful for it because I get to grow if yep. nothing else. Yep. Right. I get to grow. Yep. And that's the good that comes out of it. There's all, good can be found in everything, yep. every situation. And you know, I know push, people can push back and give these horrific examples of yep. just, you know, I get it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. It's hard to see it when you're in the middle of it. Yes. But I tell you what, there's always something to be learned. You always have the opportunity to grow. And I think that's the thing that we have to somehow be more mindful about having that predetermined, this is how I'm going to show up. This yep. is how I'm going to achieve the standards in which I've set. Yep. What are those? And I think for me, what I'm starting to kind of really formulate is like, I need to have this better written down. Mm -hmm. I've got to document this. Yep. You know, I joked last night about the, the 10 commandments were written in stone, yep. right? Like that, it's not a quick thing to yep. write things in stone and yeah. take some time. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so you're going to be really intentional with what you're going to write in mm -hmm. that stone, right? Yep. You're going to think through it first really well. Oh yeah. And then go to work on just getting it written down. Yeah. And now you spend the rest of your life. All right. How am I going to hold these as my standards? Yeah. Right. And so really just flushing that out, being intentional, thinking through that and, you know, finding those, um, you know, having it written down to where you can go back and remind yourself, all right, Hey, this is, this, you know, just like our identity code, this is who I say I am. These are my values. This is how I'm going to show up and, and, and meet those standards that I've set. So I'm, I think I'm, uh, I know, I know that's part of the call to action is for the men in the Irish side this week is to be able to, you know, really think through and write down their standards. Mm -hmm. And I think the protocols that we have in our code and even maybe even expanded on to really think through how we're going to fulfill those standards, how we're going to yep. hold the line on those standards is, is the next step in a lot of ways. So yep. which is what we're going to be talking about. And side note, part of the reason I designed the identity code to be worded the way it is, mm -hmm. 
is because it's impossible. It should be. People can still miswrite it. But if you, if you, if you could do this even later today, go through a bunch of the members codes and look at them. And every single one should be in a way where they are speaking life over that area of their life. Yeah. Right. That's it. I designed it that way on purpose to where their protocols, you know, even now the standards, it will all be speaking life. Mm -hmm. It's not speaking death. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and another side note, I want to point it out as a practical call to action people, you used a very good word that Tim Wimberly also told me Mm. to use, um, have to versus get to. Yeah. It is a, that is another life giving deviation word that you could start to use anything that you would say, I have to go do this. Yeah. Right. No, it's no longer. I have to, it's, I get to, right. I get to go do this. Mm -hmm. I get to hang out with my kids while my wife goes on errands right? You don't have to, you get to, right? It implies privilege. It implies honor. It implies an opportunity as opposed to an inconvenience and Mm -hmm. a burden, right? Which ultimately is humility, right? You're not above anything. Yep. Shouldn't be. Yep. Christ wasn't. Yep. Why? What makes you more special to Christ? Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to take out the trash. Yeah. I get to take out the trash. Yep. It's an honor. I get to serve my family that way. We were able to create trash. We had stuff to make (laughs) trash with. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, man, at the end of the day, our our words are so incredibly powerful and we have to take responsibility and ownership for using them as bricks and not hammers. Yep. So it's good. Anyways, guys, thanks for sticking with us for 59 minutes and however many seconds at this point. Um, This is just so powerful. We all have to harness it. Um, So I just want to encourage you take some time, sit around and use your brain and think about how you can actually change this stuff. Because if you don't, you will default to whatever's around you and what culture has. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's not how we want to live our life as men of God. It's just nope. not culture should not be dictating things to you. Yeah. We, we dictate it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, y'all thanks so much for hanging out with us. Love you guys. We'll be here again next week, but until then have a great week and go be the men of God that he has called you to be. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me, at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well, at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.